new drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. A quick bit of news before we get to Cody Work, our Broncos insider here on MileHighSports.com. NFL Finance Committee unanimously approved the sale of the Broncos. Uh, this is the same group of the Finance Committee that will make the recommendation to the owners on August 9th. Again, it was unanimous. And again, we knew it was going to be a rubber stamp, but now it is nothing more than a mere formality. Not that we did not know that already. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. You can find them basically right off of I-70 and 36 right near Pecos. It is the best barbecue spot in town. I would go as far to say it's the best, one of the best restaurants in town because Dave, he has had other restaurants in the past. He has combined everything. I mean, they're slowly smoked ribs and they're brisket and their corned beef and their wings. It's just fantastic. But then their sides are so good. I'm not a guy who eats baked beans, but their beans are made with brisket and with pork, and you could just taste it in there, the mac and cheese. My daughter, as a teenager, well, when she was younger, you know, kids only like the orange macaroni and cheese right out of the box, right? She likes this even more, which is the highest compliment you can give any barbecue place or place that serves uh, mac and cheese or sides like that. Trust me, you're going to want to go there. It's going to be your favorite barbecue place in town. I love going there. And, and I know, Terry, you are a fan as well, you and Helen. Go check out Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew uh, right in, I don't want to say North Denver, but right near 70 and 36, right off of Pecos. And by the way, when you're driving up to Estes Park, there are locations all over the place. It's the old Scott's Diner. They gutted that and just fixed it up. It was a great, great physical Yep. Plant restaurant now too. The food there is so stinking good. You could just go there for dessert. That's how great it is. With that time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. All right, let's go out to the hotline. We're to bring in our Broncos insider Cody Rourke, who writes uh, great columns for MileHighSports.com. How are you, Cody? I'm good. You know, a little sun kiss from today, but you know what? Day one Broncos camp. It was nice and hot. Got to see you out there, you and Terry, uh, and got to see some uh, football here on day one. Do you expect to go through some rookie hazing here at Mile High Sports? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know. Like I said, I don't think I ran into that yet. Like I said, you guys have treated me really well. So, I, you know, I think we're on a good start. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the start of training camp. I want to get into your column in a minute, which you focused a lot on PJ Locke. You did an interview with him as well. What were your overall thoughts, the tone, the pace, the excitement of the opening day? Well, you know, for me, looking at what the Broncos did, they didn't waste any time getting into their team period. You know, in the Vic Fangio era, it seemed like there were all these different sessions going on before. And, you know, obviously you have your special teams, you have your indie period. Usually you'd see a lot of seven on seven, nine on seven with Vic. They went straight into the team right away. I think it was about a half uh, hour. It was about a half yeah, hour. I mean, it was it was a surprise in a sense. So I think it's good because you could be more productive. And usually day one's kind of a shorter day in terms of players being out there on the field. But 
you know, really the defense was just flowing around a little bit, and, and they had a lot of energy to them. And, you know, one reason I attribute to that, they're returning a lot of their key starters this season. They're having a similar defensive scheme like they had with Vic, but the terminology is a little different for them. But they look like they haven't missed a beat so far. Granted, it's day one, no pads yet, but I think once the pads come on, these uh, these battles between the offense and the defense, I think, are going to be a little bit more crucial under the microscope. I thought it was very interesting that Nathaniel Hackett came out and said, Russell Wilson, he said these guys, meaning the quarterbacks, who we all know who he was talking about, that these guys can set the pace, and however fast they want to go, that's how fast I want to go. It was as fast as I've ever seen a pro, an NFL training camp, and he's saying yeah. that now it's up to Russell Wilson if he wants to keep that pace that high. God bless him. Well, you, the crazy thing about what Russ did is Russ actually held a walkthrough this morning at 5 a.m. on the field with his teammates before everything else. So they got some guys like Montreal Washington, some of the younger guys acclimated a little bit more, but Russ at 5.02 a.m. was out there throwing full gear on and obviously coming out in day one. You know, a lot of people, I think the main story will be on the defense. You know, Russ and the Broncos offense, they're really still trying to get things all pieced together with a new scheme but there were some good plays. I mean, Cortland Sutton had a great play across the middle of the field earlier today in between two defenders for a touchdown. Uh, great throw by Russ, threading the knee there. But really the offensive story, kind of Eric Saubert standing out in a big way, two touchdowns uh, from Russ to him. And with Dulcich working on the side dealing with his hamstring injury, I think Eric Saubert could prove if he continues to stack some days here at camp, he could be a really good security blanket for Russell Wilson and this offense. Are they going to be able to piece together a, a representative offensive line by opening day, especially if Billy Turner isn't able to go? I, I think for the most part, I think they're envisioning that he'll be ready to go. Now, so much could change, though, gentlemen, from a standpoint. We had the news earlier this morning. They signed Cam Fleming, who was on the roster last year with them. They waived Kadofi Wright, undrafted rookie free agent linebacker. Uh, but this goes on, obviously, with Billy Turner on the PUP list. Now, I think something to monitor, once Billy comes back, I think keep an eye at left guard, whatever that means. You know, if Dalton Reisner is playing well in the preseason, but they really want Calvin Anderson to start a right tackle, if that's the case, I would not be shocked if Billy Turner slides over to left guard and starts there this season, which gives the Broncos, I think, a little bit more versatility. But the big question is, can his knee hold up? He had an arthroscopic knee scope uh, a little bit earlier in the offseason, so he's still trying to work his way back from there. But I imagine the offensive line, they have their projections in mind, but there's a couple competitions they're looking at. Wait, hold on. I want to take a step back. You think they should put uh, – listen, Billy Turner can play anywhere on that offensive line. And I was told um, by people who understood what was going on in Green Bay – that Billy Turner was not the same player here as he was in Green Bay. It's as if his football IQ went up, and I think that's one reason why Outen wanted him here and Hackett wanted him here. I know he could play left guard, but who, who do you want to play right tackle, Callan Anderson? Yeah, that right now that's the thing. The main competition is going to be between those two guys. So once Billy Turner comes off the pup list, both of those guys will rotate with the first team, but Calvin's going to get a majority of those reps until Billy is back off of that list, which could be, I mean, next week. It could be two weeks from now. Uh, another guy they brought in this offseason, Tom Compton, he underwent back surgery. He's on the pup list, and he could be out as late until week three of the regular season. So the uh, right tackle position between uh, those guys is kind of open between Calvin right now. And I think with him getting the reps and Billy not being there, he definitely has an advantage. But Billy Turner, as you mentioned, has demonstrated that growth being able to work with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, then going to being able to work with a quarterback like Russell Wilson, 
I imagine there's not going to be much drop off in his uh, his play there, especially with the familiarity inside the scheme. But yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Well, hold on, but let me take another step back. Miner started right guard today, right? Yep. Glasgow was on the field, and Glasgow wasn't the starting right guard. If you're saying yep. that you think Turner is going to play left guard, you're then I guess you're suggesting that Dalton Reisner going into his final year is going to be the odd man out. Possibly, but the only way I can see that is if the Broncos look to trade him, which I don't think anything of that nature will happen or could happen until probably maybe towards that final third game of the preseason. I know for the Broncos, it's a big year for Dalton. You know, it's kind of a prove year for him. He's got Natani Muti behind him, who's kind of clawing at his heels a little bit, and it has some impressive traits to him that the coaching staff really likes. But, you know, I think that's where a lot of the, the preseason, I think we'll see Dalton play quite a bit in the preseason because Denver wants to make a decision uh, at that position. Um, but, yeah, if Dalton Reisner is somehow the odd man out, more than likely he would be traded uh, to another team. But that's a huge what if. So until otherwise, unless Natani Muti unseats him in practice, uh, he's probably going to be the guy there. But if that situation does arise, look at Billy Turner as a left guard option. There's an annual process as part of the part of the protocol for covering the NFL. Media has to appoint a training camp phenom, a guy we may never hear again after training camp, or a guy maybe who does blaze his trail into the NFL. I'm going to pick mine. I'm going to pick Montrell Washington, fifth round pick from San. He's not going to be a darling. They think he's going to be terrific. In special he was, they're, you're, they're, you're picking they, the wrong they guy. They kicked everything to him today, he's, and he was in, he was out there with Russell Wilson at 5 a.m. too. Cody, I think you agree with me. Washington is not going to be a training camp darling. He's going to be oh, on this team. Gonna, yeah. or he's going to be on this team on special teams, no matter what, because of his speed. But those looking for a media, a media darling, he's I think not they, can, they can find it in him. He's not it. He's not it for this reason because he's going to be starting on special teams. To me, darling is a guy yeah. who comes out of nowhere. Who Ooh, do you got, you know, Cody? So if, we're, if we're looking at a darling, a guy who comes out of nowhere. You know, that's tough in terms of starting because I really look at offense and defense. There's only not a lot of uh, lot of areas where you can have a guy come in and unsee somebody. I mean, can we can we call Jonas Griffith a darling, even though he looks really good? He's going to start. He's, I think but, he's going to start, don't but, you? But you guys, you're not saying he can't be a, me, a training camp phenom just because he's, he's going to start or he's going to be really good. I'm saying a guy the media get rallies behind and writes 17 stories about so, being like a training camp Okay. That, that makes sense. Cause Trinity Benson was that guy for the Broncos last year. Um, it's really tough to say. I mean, could it be a Caden Davis? Could he be one of those darlings that flash a little bit? Because he and Montreal Washington, they were splitting reps on kick return and punt return as the main return guys. And he's got some spring to him, but uh, you know, it, that's going to be tough to tough to determine because this is, a, I think, a, an overall better roster. And you know, Eric, I, I don't know your thoughts on this, but I feel like this roster right now is much better than the roster they had last year. Oh yeah, going to training camp. Hey, the only reason I'm, I'm I'm for lack of a better phrase disagreeing about Griffith is he started next to Jewel today. Yeah, darlings really don't d- don't play with the first team defense right off the. We're hop. getting into a, a semantical argument here. Well, d- darlings usually are on third team and impress, and then you think, okay, maybe they might make the roster. I think Griffith's going to be a starter, don't you, Cody? Yeah, no, he's going to start. It's, there's a there's a significant drop off in terms of like how the linebacker position looks after he and Josie Jewell. So 
I, I think he'll start. You know, if I can give a darling, then I'm going to go with Seth Williams. I thought he had a couple of nice there catches today, the wide receiver out of Auburn. Right. He might be I one agree. of those guys that, yeah, he, yeah, he's probably the safest bet for a darling. Right. I would agree. Real quick, we are short on time. Uh, everybody has fallen in love with P.J. Locke, right? You, you did an interview with him. Where are they going to put him? Where are they going to put yeah, him? That's a great question. Right. So, Where are they putting him? So I think this is more of a long-term outlook for Denver as well because I, I truly believe this will be Kareem Jackson's last year in the NFL. I don't know what he has planned after this, but I, I, I would not be shocked if he retires after this season. Don't go after Kareem Jackson, Cody. He's going to come after you. Same with Melvin Gordon. Ah. Be, be careful. Be careful. These guys well, are angry because you know what? Because teams were, were, were dying to get them that they came to the Broncos for almost nothing. That's how much teams yeah. were dying to have them on their roster. No, nah, K-Jack and I, we have a we have a pretty good relationship. We he's a good guy. A, we had a sit-down interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a good dude. He's been yeah. very supportive of me. We actually have a sit-down interview with he and Justin Simmons in this month's edition of Mile High Sports Magazine, so make sure people check that out. But uh, for P.J. Locke, you know, I think one area, he might be that safety three guy, so one of those options behind Justin and Kareem on the back end. But I would not be shocked if he starts when the Broncos go to their dime package. I talked to him today, and he even said that playing in the dime – it feels like home for him because that's really what he played in college at Texas. He didn't transition to safety until he moved to the NFL and said, so going back there and playing inside that slot as that dime linebacker cover guy, he really believes that it feels like second nature to him. And if he can continue to stack on how he played today, especially in the red zone, and he plays well against the run when the pads come on, he might be the guy that gets the starting job there when Denver goes in the dime package. Cody, thanks so much for your time. Don't forget to check out Cody's article on milehighsports.com. We will see you out there tomorrow. I will not haze you at all. Terry, he's an older guy. I mean, he might tape you to the might might tape you to the, you know, the pole out there, the uh the uprights. Maybe the cooler. Yeah, you might you 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 seem like the type of guy that would do you that. You saw the cooler was there. That's so we could sit on it. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Cody, how'd you like those spiffy helmets? Well, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. Well, to, yeah, Absolutely. you're going to be you're going to be joining us every day for the rest of training camp, and then for the rest of your life. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Talk to you, pal. Thanks, gentlemen. Coming up after the break, very interesting what Cody said about Dalton Reisner. I had a conversation with him after practice today, and we talked about him going into the final year of his deal. That's next. New drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my guy, Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for well over five years. Does my health insurance? Yes, you heard that right. My health insurance. Farmers agents, they usually do just commercial, auto, home, or life. He does my health insurance too, so it's really one stop shopping. Uh, he also does my home insurance, my auto insurance. 
does the same thing for my wife as well. He's quick to return phone calls, his email and emails. He treats every client like they are his only client. And that's the type of service that you want. Not to mention he checks in with you every year to make sure you have the right coverage. Work with the best. Work with my guy, Eric Cook, at the Cook Insurance Agency. His team has over 70 years of experience. They know the right questions to ask to get you the right policy. Give them a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. I think when you talk about fan favorites on the Broncos roster, Dalton Reisner is easily in the top five, especially because he's a Colorado kid. He's from Windsor. He's great in the community. He's a really, really nice guy. But if we're being fair over the last couple of years, maybe he hasn't played to the level that many had hoped. And Cody Rourke, who was just on the show, suggested you know, he might not be long for playing left guard. I hope he is. And excuse me, I know I'm supposed to be unbiased. He is one of the good guys in that locker room, and we had a chance to catch up after practice today. So how's it feel to finally be out here? Oh, it feels great, man. Year four, training camp, year four four with the Broncos. Damn excited, damn proud to be a part of this organization, and we've been grinding. You know, we've been out here, you know, for 10 weeks during the offseason doing our thing. So now that we're back out here, it feels like it's just another day. I've been in this business for about 30 years now, And you know when guys say in training camp, we want to make the playoffs, you know in the back of their head they know we just probably don't have the horses to get us there. Yeah. With that, what is the difference between your previous three years saying stuff like that and what you feel now? Oh, we got Russell Wilson. Um, We have uh, great ownership. George Payton's killing it for us. we got a staff that we're proud to be around, and Russell Wilson's a huge it factor. I'm a big believer in it factors in the game of football. He's not only a great football player, he's a great leader, he's a great man of God, he's a great husband, he's a great father. Anything you want to be, that's what Russell Wilson is. He's the epitome of what you want on a team. So I think he's the it factor for this year. We've got a lot of guys, a lot of horses that can help us get there as well, but I think it's all going to be centered around him. When you watch Nathaniel Hackett out there, patting guys on the back and maybe running routes as a wide receiver, do you think to yourself, who is this guy? I've never had a coach like this before. <laughs> I've never had a coach like him. I went from my dad in high school to to Bill Snyder to Vic Fangio. So I had a lot of old school guys. And this is my first coach that's kind of more young and more vibrant and more excited and more energy, stuff like that. So uh, I got a lot of respect for him, man. I, I love the way he's personal with his players. I love the way he creates relationships with his guys and makes us feel like, you know, he's our coach, but we're also friends. We're also teammates on the same team. And he does a really good job of that. What year were you born? 1995. Okay, so I covered Bill Snyder before you were born. Okay. I see a ton of similarities between Bill Snyder and Nathaniel Hackett, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I can see great coaching. I can see that they care. Uh They want to win. I can see a lot of those type of characteristics, but when it comes to uh, their body demeanor, their body posture, how they carry themselves, I think they're very different. But that's okay. We need all sorts of different guys. The camp, if you want to call it the Russell Wilson held, with uh, you know a lot of the wide receivers and so on and so forth. You didn't have that over the last three years, really. Yeah. How much of a difference will it make for this offense getting started to have all those reps? I think it's great. You know, you got a quarterback like Russell, and the fact that he's getting guys together, he's building that camaraderie, he's 
going over plays. I mean, this dude's running the show out there. Um, so for him to get the guys together and they're getting used to how Russell is passing and he's having Lloyd snap to, I mean, that stuff's just going to go very, very far for us, man. We haven't had a leader like this in the organization, let alone a leader that's in the QB position, which is so important. Um, so he, he's making a lot of changes around here and he's going to be he's going to be a lot of the change that we're going to have. Forgive me for asking this, but I yeah. won't be the first one that asks this. Yeah. You're in the final year of your deal. Yeah. As a human being, yeah, is it hard not to think about it? I know you try and block stuff oh, out. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's always we all want more. We want to succeed. We want to do things in life. We want to. Uh, some guys play the game for contracts. Some guys play the game because they love it. I play the game because I love it. I, lo- I grew up in Wiggins, Colorado. I'm blessed to be here, man. I'm going to keep working my tail off for my career. Whatever happens, God has a bigger plan, man. You want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. I don't have any plans. Nothing set in stone for me. Um, We'll see what happens, right? I mean, that's all I can say. You, your, your question's great. Of course you're going to think about it time to time. Is that my priority right now? No. My priority is to ball out this fourth year. Let's win some damn games, man. I'd much rather win, win some games and go to a Super Bowl than be worried about getting paid. I could care less about that. That's going to come. I've been starting for three years. I'm a damn good guard. I know my worth. I ain't worried about that. Whatever happens, that's going to be happening. That's going to be part of God's plan. But right now, man, let's go win some games. We haven't done that in a while. If you had a choice, would you rather play in pads or overalls? Pads, bro. Pads every time. I tell you this. Love overalls. Love right? going to work in my overalls. But I can't stand when we don't have pads on because we're just as physical. Us O-line and D-line, we're physical dudes. We ain't going to taper down because we got helmets on, right? So when we get the full pads on, it's going to be the same tempo. We just got more protection. So I can't wait for them full pad days. Let's go win some damn games. That made me laugh. He is he is one of the most likable guys, and I believe him when I when he says... It's more about winning than it is about the money because I've known guys who have played and as have you, and you've covered sports longer than I have, where it's more about the money than it is about winning. He's a guy that you want to root for. He's a guy that you want to have success. And he's a local kid as well who grew up a Broncos fan, but he is going into the final year of his deal. The Tani Muti, if we're being fair, is going to be challenging for that left guard slot. And as I said to him when the interview ended, and I hate to be biased when I say this, I hope he plays well so he gets a contract to come back. I just do. You root. I think you and I have talked about this yeah. in the past. Yes. I root for people. I don't root for teams. I'm not a Broncos fan. I'm not an Avs fan. I'm not a Rockies fan. I'm not a Nuggets fan. I'm not a Rapids fan. I'm a fan of people in organizations that are off the field and those who are on the field. And I want to see them have success. And when they do and when they win, I feel great for them. Dalton Reiser is one of those guys. He is truly the real deal. And I hope he plays well enough to come back. Because if I'm being completely honest, if he played like he did last year and the year before, he won't be back. I laughed though when he also he also alluded to Bill Snyder, which you I covered. You know very well. I Jake do. Banjo, and then threw his father in there as old school. I'll tell you this. You think he's going to? Of course, Mitch Reisner is the head football co- was the head football coach. Is he still the head football I coach? There? Don't know. I will. Uh, I Wiggins will. High School and and Dalton played for him, so his dad's old school. I will tell you this about Bill Snyder, and the guy who happens to be. <clears throat> The head basketball coach at Oregon, Dana Altman. Who, was, who came there from Creighton. Who came from Kansas State. You would be hard-pressed, because I covered both those guys at K-State. You would be hard-pressed to find two guys in a press conference where you legitimately could stay awake for 10 minutes. <laughs> Just painful to listen to them. And the great guys, great coaches, 
But as far as energy and as far as nothing that they're going to tell you at a press conference, that was Dana. Great guy. Great coach. And same with Bill Snyder, who, in my mind, is one of the top 10 college football coaches ever. Plus, he's, he has to be very thankful for the Kansas junior college system, though. And and scheduling some cupcakes early on in the schedule. But at the end of the day, he can be thankful for JUCOs, but at the end of the day, that's at his disposal. Mm-hmm. He has every right to do that. So to criticize Bill Snyder for bringing in JUCO guys, if it's at your disposal and it's legal, there's nothing wrong with that. If you have a chance to get a guy who's a little bit more mature and it's hard enough to recruit into Manhattan, Kansas, why not use every available avenue you can to build your team? The bottom line is this with K-State, and I am a K-State fan. Sports Illustrated voted them the worst college football program of the decade in the 1980s. And They, if it, they were always in the top, top of the top, bottom 10. And he turned around that program. You could make the case as well as Bill McCartney did here, even though Snyder never won a championship and McCartney did here. The different, well, K-State should have played for a national title had they not blown it in the Big 12 championship game and Michael Bishop fumbles the ball. But that's a whole nother topic. They should have played for a national championship and they were the best team in the in the country that Who year. Who succeeded Bill Snyder? Um, Prince, I think, maybe. And it yeah. didn't go well. Ron Prince. Right. And, then, and Bill Snyder undercut him. Well, I don't know if he undercut him. He just replaced him. Bill Prince was not good. They were they were not good. That's a, but that's another reason I have an asterisk in, next to Bill Snyder's name because I believe he undercut, and most people do believe most people involved do believe he undercut Ron Prince. So what? So what? You're talking. Tell me what a great guy he is, and he undercuts. I didn't say. I, I said. He, I said he's a great coach. Bill Snyder's one of the top ten coaches of all time. By the way, you think John Muckler's a great coach? No. That's good because he undercut Ted Nolan in Buffalo. And how do I know that? Because I covered them. Yeah. Guys undercut guys all the time. Bill Snyder had no interest in coaching again. Ron Prince was not a good football coach. They were not a good team. And when Bill Snyder took over, they became better. You know why? Because he's a great head football coach. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk college football. And there are four teams from the Pac-12 who could be going to the Big Ten. Is Colorado one of those schools? That's next. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale under the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders. The best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. All right, CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd, who's been covering college sports for a very long time, is reporting. The Big Ten is considering adding Stanford, Oregon, Cal, and Washington after a new media deal is finalized in August. Dodd writes, financially, those four programs are not 
worth near the money now expected to be distributed to Big Ten schools, the USC and UCLA, roughly 80 to 100 million annually to all of the schools currently in the Big Ten. And I'm including USC and UCLA, even though they're not officially in there. He continues to write competitively, though. It would be a lifeline for the Pac-12's next best football brands. Industry sources tell CBS Sports that Cal, Oregon, Stanford, and Washington would not bring requisite value as the 16 teams that will make up the league in 2024 when USC and UCLA join it. That could leave the four programs taking substantially less revenue than existing members just to have long-term security in the Big Ten. If you are one of those schools in the Pac-12 and they say to you, you're not going to get 80 to 100 million, you're going to get 50 to 60. Are you going to the Big Ten? Yes. Couldn't agree more. You got to. Things are crumbling. And if somebody's you know, offering you a new house to live in and you might have to live in the basement, but the basement's still pretty nice, you take the basement. I say that with a considerable regret because of my longtime family ties and individual ties with with the University of Oregon in the Pac-8, 10, 12 over the years. I would like to see Colorado remain a member of the big of the Pac, whatever it is, and the league stay together. But I, looks, you lose those schools, you're cooked. Yeah, from the start, you and I, when we were talking about this, I had speculated that Oregon and Washington were the next two to be picked off the pile, and I really, I, I really believed that. Because of the financial and, and the television, now you Oregon does not get you a huge television market, but it does get you Portland, which is a pretty pretty substantial market. Top forty, about, about the same as Cincinnati or Milwaukee. Yeah, which is the thirties or forties. Okay, and so not that big. So, and Stanford and California are both prestigious schools who enter into the formula that way, and so I, I agree that those are really the four programs left. You know, you'd be leaving out Washington State, Oregon State. Arizona and Arizona State among, and it, that would be regretful too, but I think this is going to be one, they're going to be backed into a corner and realize at some point they're going to have to do something that's almost detestable or detest, or th that they detest, but it's the only choice they have left. And I think that's the only, that's the route Oregon would have to take. I'll tell you this, I didn't even realize this. I was going back to my days in television. I know things change. Portland is 25. Yeah. Back in the day when I was in television, they were much further down the list. To put it in perspective where Portland is in terms of Nielsen DMA rankings. I'd always compared it to when I was in Portland and writing, I always compared it to Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Well, they're far higher than that. So Portland is 25th, Baltimore is 26, Indy is 27. You ready for this? San Diego is 28. Wow. San Diego is 28. But if those schools have a chance to jump, they should. And I think the Big Ten should take them for this reason alone. Because you want to own on Saturdays. You want to own the afternoon. And you will do that with Wisconsin against Michigan. You'll own that for your noon game. And then you'll own it with Ohio State against Michigan State uh, as your primetime game. And then you'll own it with USC against Oregon at 10.30 at night. You will own the entire day. You'll own the entire day. The other part I don't like about it is it would break up the rivalries. It would break up Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington, Washington State. Well, you can laugh at that, but it, it, those, if you grew up in the Northwest, those were part of the sporting fabric, and that's 
you picked a side and you rooted for one or the other. Yeah, Oregon doesn't care, neither does Washington. They just want to get out. Yeah. They're, they're, they're more than happy to ditch their little brother and say, best of luck to you so they can survive. And I think that's the best way. I think Dodd wrote it very, very accurately that in order to survive, you might have to take less, but at least you're going to a house that is stable. Well, and weird as it sounds, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have more ties than than you'd think because of the Rose Bowl affiliation, the Rose Bowl, yeah. the Rose Bowl Pact. But, they that's, were, but that's it. They were, they were always kind of the, in the clubhouse together. And so it would take, I, I really believe this, it would take some really hard swallowing by people in the involved in those four schools in the Pac-12 to leave to uh, leave behind their Pac-12 mates, but they'd also be going into a league that's, that was considered the most similar to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten, I think, are more similar than dissimilar. A lot of people will disagree with me, and full disclosure, I am a Midwestern kid, and I went to Indiana. So let me just get that right out there. I went to Indiana, and Indiana is not a top 50 school in the country. So I'll be the first one to say that as well. But when you look at the five major conferences, if you're strictly looking at academics, that's it. The Big Ten has the best school system. Just does. And that and that's not even an opinion. You could you could look around with Michigan, Northwestern, Illinois has one of the best business schools in the country. Purdue, arguably the best, if not one of the best engineering schools in the country. Wisconsin is a fantastic university. Then throw in Stanford and Cal, and that is a wow. SEC can't compete with that unless you're talking about Vanderbilt. You go to the ACC, North Carolina and Duke, top shelf schools. Most of those schools are, are members of the AAU or American Association of Association of American Universities, the top research institutes in the country. I'll give you another school that's really good, Miami. They have a... They're they're highly ranked, believe it or not. Miami of Ohio or Miami of Florida? Both. Both, if you can believe it. Because yes, you, you, you would think Miami, yeah, I'll tell you another school that's fantastic. One school that's added a lot to the SEC in terms of just academics is Texas. Oh, Texas is a terrific school. It's an unbelievable academic it's institution. It's a huge school. That's the one thing you have to live with. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? A Rockies regular has some of the strangest home-slash-road splits this season of any Rockies player ever, as well as a star wide receiver reporting to camp but not practicing. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. I was driving. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. I know you hate when I do this, but again, this is what high school students do. They do look at U.S. News and World Report. Yes. They do. Six schools. Doesn't anybody else rank universities? They're the big one. They've always been the trend center. They have six Big Ten schools in their top 50. That's pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Now, I totally forgot when we were talking about the ACC, I completely blanked on Virginia. That's really, really good, too. And by the way, Florida is highly ranked as well in the SEC. 
We know Vanderbilt is. Um, anyway. Where's Faber College? Faber College? Uh, Dean, since Dean Wormer has left, uh, it has really tanked. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Rocky shortstop Jose Iglesias has one of the strangest offensive profiles in a single season of anyone in Rocky's history. He's hitting just 245 at Coors Field, but 353 on the road. Among qualified Rockies hitters in the franchise's 30-season history, Mike Kingery posted the highest road batting average in a season back in 1994 as he hit 362 on the road. So Iglesias has a real shot at becoming the all-time single-season road batting average leader in Rockies history. Uh, in your eyes, how impressive is this? It's impressive, but it's also really bizarre. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to explain it. On, a, on another note having to do with the Rockies, this story's been totally overlooked because the Rockies have been totally overlooked. Chris Bryant has missed some of the season because of injury. He now has plantar fasciitis. And anybody who truly understands what plant plantar fasciitis is, it is a devastating injury. Well, it's unpredictable, too, isn't it? You really can't say how long you'll be out. Yep. Yep. By the way, Indiana ranks 68th in U.S. News & World Report. I can't believe we're that high. <laughs> Brian's playing through that injury, too. He's just DH in the past two days. Hasn't right. been playing in the field, but yep. he's hobbling through it. Does he have a home run at home yet? I think all are on the road in Arizona, I believe, and then one in L.A. All right, just in case you missed it, Debo Samuel is at 49ers training camp, but he's not practicing, just working out on some side fields. Samuel and the 49ers are continuing to try and figure out a long-term deal. Do you think an extension is negotiated soon? I would not go back to San Francisco if I'm him. Because well, why not? Why not? Because they're using him as much as a running back as they are as a wide receiver, and that's going to shorten his career. I think versatility would, would enhance his contractual value. Um, it's also going to shorten his career. Now, if he wants to get paid like one of the top wide receivers in the league and he's a fantastic wide receiver, if they're going to pay him huge money, that's one thing. But he probably wants to play longer. And as a running back, you're just taking more hits. He doesn't want to be used like that. I understand it's a team game. I get it. But at the end of the day, he doesn't want to be used like that so much. I think early on he was fine with it because they're winning games and he's a weapon out there, but they're probably going to try and pay him accordingly, not as fully as a wide receiver, but as both. I think they'll bury the hatch and he'll sign too. They might. We'll see. But playing running back has made him a star though. There's no question. It has. I mean, do you know what they're offering him? Uh, I'd have to take a look. Let me see. Let me see if this pops up. Uh, Right now... He's he's being paid almost nothing. He's being paid almost nothing. He's going to want to be paid like one of the top guys in the league. So if I'm reading this correctly, 49ers are far apart in contract negotiations, maybe over $6 million a year apart. I just want to know, what's your definition of almost nothing Well, in this day and age? It's market value. Almost nothing is based on market value. Mm-hmm. So if they're, if they're willing to pay him... 
10 million a year and he wants 16, 10 million a year is not enough for a guy of his talent. Okay. Because the market suggests he's worth more than that. Wouldn't you agree? I just think the benchmarks have gotten so ridiculous. It, it, it just might, it, my eyes pop whenever I hear the numbers and we're, we're belittling them as insufficient. Well, this is coming from SI.com. It says a good deal for Samuel and the 49ers would be around $60 million guaranteed for a three-year extension. Now, I'm not suggesting that's what he should get, but I'm just you know reading what SI.com is writing. I'm sure the 49ers are offering nowhere near that. No, that's not Russell Wilson money. Nope. Well, it's, it's not top wide receiver money. Not Devontae Williams money or Devontae Adams. I'm not suggesting he should be paid like Devontae Adams. But is he one of the 10 most valuable wide receivers in the league? Absolutely he is. And I'm guessing the 49ers aren't willing to pay him that. Because they're going to say, well, you, 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 you do both roles. He doesn't want to do both roles. He wants to play wide receiver. That's what he signed up for. Kyle Shanahan was creative, and that's great. And they win more games because of Samuel's versatility. But don't take it out of his paycheck. MLB.com selected their World Series favorites for this year. Coming in at number one was the Yankees, followed by the Dodgers at number two, the Mets at number three, Astros at number four, and the defending champion Braves at number five. Who is your favorite right now to win the World Series? It's got to be the Yankees. I don't know how you can go any other way. I will go off the board for 200, make the prediction that the St. Louis Cardinals pick up Soto, and then I'll put them near the top of my list. Getting pretty good odds on that right now if you took the Cardinals. Well, look at that lineup. With Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Soto, how do you pitch around that? Well, you just have to hope that the World Series isn't in Toronto. Well, if you're Nolan Arenado and Goldschmidt. But Arenado did say he would get the vaccine if indeed the World Series was in Toronto and the Cardinals were in that was uh, Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. See why Westward calls it the best liquor store in Denver, five years running. All domestic wines are 15% off right now. Don't forget, they deliver to the entire Denver metro area. All deliveries over 100 bucks are free. Check them out off of Colfax. Go to ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us. Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Alex. You're going to be at training camp tomorrow? Not sure. Okay, I will you, be. You promised that you'd wear one of those padded hats, though. Yes, I did. And now I'm going to renege on that offer. Make it the best possible unless you can. 